I feel like we need a trigger warning for our podcast. Oh, we might need a trigger warning, maybe. say, hi, my <laughs> name is Faith, and this is your trigger warning. Hello and welcome to the Holmes Politicast. I'm Thomas, and I am doing the show solo today. Yay! So we will be discussing more quarantine stuff. Uh, quarantine's still going on, kind of. Maybe we're getting back to normal life a little bit. We'll be discussing that. So we're starting to get back to kind of a normal news cycle. Coronavirus is less in the news. Um, people are worried about it, I think, a little bit less. So we're going to be looking at some accusations surrounding Joe Biden. The malfeasance from the media on this. Uh, we're going to be looking at their moving goalposts and double standards and all that fun stuff. And now that we're kind of moving into normalcy again, we're going to have to start looking at how the coronavirus had, well, the coronavirus and the shutdown have impacted the economy, people's lives, um, how we're going to get back to something that looks like normal. So I think first we'll start with a coronavirus update. As of Tuesday, April 28th, Michigan has a death toll of 3,567. The state reported 160 more coronavirus deaths and 1,052 more confirmed cases as of 10 a.m., according to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We have a total case count of about 39,262. And an, and an interesting new number that we're looking at are people that have recovered. So we've we've got 8,342 people that have recovered, and that is defined as alive 30 days post-onset from coronavirus as of April 24th. So these are looking like good numbers coming out of the, the hospitals. The, uh, the Detroit Free Press uh, breaks it down as a fatality rate of 9%. Um, there's been a lot of people that have been talking about these rates and, you know, whether whether the fatality rate is actually that high, I highly doubt it is. Uh, I think there have been a lot more people that have had that, that have had the coronavirus than know about it. So our cases are probably a lot higher than what is reported. We've only had testing done in medical facilities and for the essential quote-unquote workers. So the denominator on this may be a lot higher. You know, we have 3,000, what was it, 3,500 deaths? Yeah, close enough. 3,500 deaths. What would it be? Total cases, 48,000 people have had this. Or 48,000 people have tested positive for it. So that's where we're sitting at. For coronavirus deaths, uh, again, most, uh, I think over 90% of those are in Detroit and Wayne County. Uh, so that hasn't changed much. The state has not exploded with cases. And, of course, Governor Whitmer is going to take credit for that because she shut everything down. She had the foresight to say, if we shut down all businesses everywhere across the state except for the ones that I arbitrarily deem can stay open, then we can stop the spread of this thing. And Well, I guess, I guess the results don't lie. I'll give her credit that, you know, it hasn't spread like a wildfire. 
Uh, we don't have people dropping like flies all over in the streets. I'm not 100% convinced that the virus would have done that had we not locked down anyway. But we have countries that um, have not locked down. We have states that have not locked down. Uh, we have a lot of places that have just let this thing run its course and allowed the human population to adapt to it. So in the coming months, we're going to have a lot of ability to compare uh, which method was best. There's a lot of discrepancies, I think, between the comparisons. You know, We're going to be looking at places that maybe don't have our population. Uh, maybe, maybe they don't have similar cultures. So there's going to be a little bit of, of variability there. But I think we'll be able to get kind of a general idea of how how well Governor Whitmer did at this thing, um, whether or not the economic almost collapse that she's brought is, has been worth it. Hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that it's not an economic collapse. Not 100% sold on that either, but again, time will tell. Uh, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. Can't do anything about it now except try to get back to work, uh, which Gretchen Whitmer is actually... Uh, preparing to do so last friday when we last put out a show uh governor whitmer addressed the state she was talking about the flattening of the curve and how we've all done so well at being obedient and staying in our homes and uh, we were good little boys and girls and you know there's a protest so mommy might have to punish some people but you know the rest of us we've been doing pretty well so this order i feel like a lot of people took it as a win um, businesses are allowed to reopen um, under a little bit more strict social distancing guidelines and sanitation guidelines uh, people are gonna have to wear masks when they go out businesses are actually able to refuse you service if you're not wearing a mask which i you know i've seen a couple a couple people on Facebook. Oh, my constitutional rights. They can't make me wear a face mask when I go into the store. Well, yeah, they can. They can make you wear a shirt. They can make you wear shoes. It's their private business. They can do what they want. So, yeah, they can refuse you service without a mask. That is not a breach of constitutional rights. But uh, with the, the stricter you know, social distancing guidelines, well, I guess they've been the same social distancing guidelines the entire time. But uh, with the with the renewal of those social distancing guidelines, Governor Whitmer also opened up some businesses that she had originally deemed non-essential. Uh, plant nurseries, bicycle repair shops are allowed to reopen. Some of the more ridiculous prohibitions on outdoor activity have been lifted. Uh, you can now use a motor on your boat and go golfing and all that stuff. There's debate back and forth on whether or not we're moving too soon, whether or not some of these things are wise. Uh, I know particularly the golfing, a lot of people are questioning, oh, do we really need a golf course during a global pandemic? And so at the time, when Governor, when Governor Whitmer first started releasing these orders, so we declared the state of emergency March 20-something around there, Governor Whitmer used her constitutional rights to declare a state of emergency and begin issuing orders to stop the spread of this COVID-19. I will give her that it was an emergency. I don't think that's when she violated constitutional rights. And right now what I think she's doing is very good. 
Um, she's starting to roll back some of those uh, restrictions that she placed on. You know, that's all fine. All, all good stuff. I'm, I'm fine with all that. The middle portion where businesses weren't allowed to work for a month, uh, that's what really... I, I don't know if anybody was able to tell, but I was a little heated about it. I'm, I'm sure nobody was able to tell. Uh, I, I hide my emotions very well, especially on the show. So, actually, so I talked to a guy. Saw him out mowing out in front of my yard. Uh, the day that Governor Whitmer, it was, it was Friday when Governor Whitmer released her uh, restrictions. Um, almost immediately, people were going to, you know, lawn care companies were getting out there, starting to work on lawns again, doing doing the spring cleanup that they should have been doing for the last month and should have been allowed to do for the last month. And, you know, he was he was a little annoyed about the whole thing. He didn't seem too fired up. He didn't seem as fired up as I was. Uh, but uh, he was pretty unhappy about Governor Whitmer and her stay-at-home order and shutting down businesses. And, you know, I guess there were five other businesses that are really upset about it uh, because they are suing Governor Gretchen Whitmer over constitutional rights from the shutdown. So, story from Fox. So, the Butzel... (coughs) Can't help it. The Butzel Law Firm... This gets even better. The Butzel Long Law Firm... (laughs) Filed a lawsuit Tuesday against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer for five clients regarding the limits of a state's police power. A declaratory and injunctive relief is sought in violation of the constitutional rights of the business. The plaintiffs demand a trial by jury according to a release. The lawsuit cites specific modeling on infectiousness and lethality of the new coronavirus. Governor Whitmer has issued executive orders that have shuttered civil society, placing 10 million people under house arrest and taking jobs away from nearly 1.2 million people, all without due process of law, the release said. The governor has not disclosed the data or methodology used to create the model that purportedly justified this extreme action. So we talked about this a little bit last week, um, me and Jim did, about how the projections were just not at all what the experts were saying and that Gretchen Whitmer was acting mostly based on those projections that were saying, you know, we're going to have 1 million dead by October or, you know, these hyperinflated, I think the first one was like 2 million, if I'm remembering correctly. It was 2 million were going to die and then the models were revived and it was down to, you know, a million and then couple, you know, half a million and I think we're at the point of a couple hundred thousand deaths. So the original projection was 2 million. We are at 58,000. So the original report was that we were going to have 2 million deaths nationwide. We have 1 million infections confirmed. So obviously these, these numbers, these numbers came out. Dr. Fauci, I, we, I, re, I remember, and I hope everybody else is very clearly, Dr. Fauci saying these are just the models, you know, they're, they're not, they're, the models are just guesses. They're only as good as the information you put into them. He said that very early on. 
And certain governors decided to take that and run with it. And while I'm not necessarily saying she had bad motives to in doing so, obviously, I think, and these companies that are suing her think that she may have overstepped herself a little bit. And so they're asking for the governor to disclose the data or methodology used in creating the models that purportedly justified this extreme action. That's, I think that's going to be you know, a key part in this. If she had good scientific evidence, if she had um, all the doctors, you know, all of the medical experts telling her that this model is absolutely what was going to happen unless she shut down the entire state. I mean, there, there may be some other people that are implicated in this because Whit- Whitmer didn't make all of her decisions alone. So also named in the, in the lawsuit is, uh, Robert Gordon, the director of the state's Department of Health and Human Services. So these two are they're they're going to have to give a scientific answer. They're going to have to give some sort of justi- justification for shutting down the entire state because Detroit got sick. That's, I mean, I I have not been shy about saying that I don't think that that was maybe necessarily the the best policy. These businesses don't think so. The the lawyers that are going after Whitmer, I mean, lawyers don't generally take a case unless they think they can win. So this will be interesting to see. I, I don't think they'll win, uh, if you want my projection on it. I think governor's authority, the governor's authority in the Michigan Constitution is pretty clear, and the Emergency Powers Act of 1973 is pretty clear that Governor Whitmer does indeed have this authority. It's kind of actually open-ended as to how far her authority extends. It doesn't actually say that she has the ability to keep people locked in their houses. But it also doesn't say that she doesn't have that ability. So it's kind of up to the interpretation of the court as to whether or not this moves forward and whether or not these businesses get their company or get their compensation. The five businesses named in the lawsuit are Signature, Sotheby's, International Realty, Inc., Executive Property Maintenance in Canton, Intraco Corporation, Inc., Cassite Intraco, LLC, and Bahash and Company, LLC. So we have got a realty company, uh, Lawn, Snow, and Ice Maintenance Company, so basically outdoor outdoor uh basically landscaping company we got a realty company a landscaping company an automotive glass automotive chemicals and other automotive goods company engine oil fuel additives and other after product markets other aftermarket products for automobiles and a jeweler so quite a wide variety of businesses i think almost all of them I'm trying to think of a business in Michigan that is not connected to one of them. And I can't. So it seems like with these five companies, they're trying to represent all of Michigan that has been shut down and that has been affected by this. So it's an interesting article. I think it'll go nowhere. We'll see. But yeah, I just wanted to share that with the listeners. So another, another actually topic I want to talk about was, uh, 
and we've talked about this on the show before too, but the the claims to racism on the virus. So a lot of these claims, I mean, first off, assigning racial motives to an inanimate, unthinking, unintelligent, microbial virus is retarded. That thing's brain is smaller than one of your... It's, it's, it doesn't have a motive. It's not going after black people. Okay, so this article posted on them live. The title is, The Coronavirus is Tailor-Made to Devastate Densely Populated Black Michigan Community. This article, you know what, I'm going to give the, the author because I think he needs to be told what for. So Gus Burns, writing over at MLive, he starts off with the story about this lady in Detroit and uh, her Facebook feed looks like an obituary and she's just... She's just been devastated by death on every side. People around her dropping like flies. Everybody's dead. Well, that's not the whole story. So, yeah, it's possible that she's seeing a lot of people die. It's very, actually very probable. But statistically speaking, I don't think it's as bad as they're making it out to be. And the fact that... This is being labeled as somehow racism or that he he worded it as though there is this attack on the black community from this virus. I I just don't know how he gets there. There's a lot of vague claims in here that are not substantiated at all. So the article, I mean, the article is basically a waste of time uh, because there's a lot of vague claims in here about this, this woman, Tamara Smith. She just says, my, my social media timeline looks like an obituary. I mean, with the number of deaths in Detroit, it's actually not statistically possible that her entire family is dead. There's just no way. So, yes, what's happening in Detroit is awful and horrible. And I'm not happy that any people are dying. At the same time, it seems more like the coronavirus was tailor-made to kill old people because over 90% of the people that have died have been over 65 or had a pre-existing condition. Sometimes both. So, this is retarded, okay? Sorry, Gus Burns, you have no idea what you're talking about. And the fact that you make it a racial issue when in the article you go on to say... Lack of access to quality, affordable health care in the black community is one of the many reasons the coronavirus has killed a disproportionately high number of black people in Michigan and Detroit. Well, you know, that has nothing to do with skin color. So I don't know why you're making it about skin color. You're racist. Um, So once again, we see the left making everything about race, even the coronavirus. Everything's got to be an attack on blacks. Everything's got to be... The, you know, the white, white devil is trying to control these poor black Americans that are just trying to live their lives. And my goodness. All right. Moving on before I say something that gets myself in trouble. So this, this whole claim, it, you know, if somebody says to you that the coronavirus is racist, they're, eh, I don't think they're worth your time to talk to. 
don't know. We'll see. Maybe maybe Gus Burns reaches out and he says, hey, I want to defend my claim. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But, yeah, so that's your, that's your Michigan culture for you. Detroit is in shambles and people are saying it's just racism. The media's got a narrative that America is a racist, horrible, awful, evil, no good, very bad place. Now, that's that's idiotic, but that's our culture. I mean, black kids are raised to believe that, you know, they will be oppressed, they will be stereotyped and marginalized, and they're raised to believe that all white people are racist. So, I mean, I'm sure that's helping a ton, but I'm, this this article by Gus Burns really helps that that narrative. So, moving on from Gus Burns. So there's there's another narrative in the media that's going around. This is national news. There is a narrative in the media that has been going around for a couple years now that the entire media just gave the lie to. And the narrative is believe all women. And I know all of us remember I I know it seems like a billion years ago, but it was only a year and a half ago, 2 years ago. I think two years ago, it's coming up on two years now, that Brett Kavanaugh was being appointed to the Supreme Court and every allegation from gang rape to slaughtering and eating children was was boosted by the media to try and get him to look bad. So if any woman had any bad thing... and and. I want to point out that the women that were saying that he has a very good character and they they have never found anything, you know, untoward in him. We don't believe those women. Those women we don't believe. It's the women that say that he's an awful, horrible, no good, very bad person. That's the ones that we have to believe. So, there's the standard. Uh, If a woman says something about a man, you must believe her. That's the standard that the media set up. That's the standard that they want to use against Peter Lucido. That's the standard they want to use against Brett Kavanaugh. That's the standard that they want to use against Joe Biden. Oh, wait a minute. Nope. Suddenly the standard changes. So now, now we need credible evidence. Now we need a court case. Now we have constitutional rights. Good night. It could not be any glaringly more obvious. And... To the left's credit, there are some people. I saw left of Lansing say, nope, we need to be consistent about this. If we're going to believe all women, then we better believe these people. Bravo, Pat. That is good. I am glad you're consistent. I think your standard is dumb, but I'm glad you're consistent at least. And you're not just saying, oh, it's a Democrat. I'm going to let him off the hook. At least you're not a piece of crap, okay? (laughs) You actually do care about women. There are some. There are a lot of politicians that don't care about it. Uh, I'm not going to name any of them because then I'd have to be like super accurate and have all my facts together, and I don't want to do that. And quite frankly, I don't have time. But there are many politicians that don't care particularly about this. They they cover up for people like Bill Clinton and Harvey Weinstein and all all of these Jeffrey Epstein. Did not kill himself. Thank you. Uh, so, so we have this this media and these politicians that will defend child molesters, rapists, these these sex traffickers, these these pigs 
that prey on women, they will defend them. But if it's a Republican, God help that Republican if he has a single credible allegation against him. If it even sounds good, they're going to run with it. They're going to drag his face through the mud. So, here's how it applies to Michigan. We have got to be better. We have got to set better standards. We have got to set constitutional standards. Uh, We cannot throw a person out of office on the back of public opinion just because somebody comes forward with an allegation against him. So I guess a question would... a common question might be, would it be better to investigate before the media does? And, uh, you know, they, they, it's, it's just impossible. They have so much power. They have the ability. They have the money. They have the, the viewers. You know, we have 20, <laughs> maybe, at best. We can't really do any investigative reporting on this kind of stuff. It's got to be the mainstream media. They've got to do their jobs, and they're just not. They're not interested in reporting fairly. They're not interested in in being honest, and CNN sucks. And the New York Times is fake news. So, yeah, that it, it does relate to Michigan politics in some ways. Just, my goodness, move, the, the goalposts moving all over the place for the left and the media, it's just ridiculous. Moving on, because now I'm getting heated. So, I think uh, one more piece that I want to talk about, or one more idea that I want to talk about for today. Uh, There is an article in MLive, Michigan's universities and colleges bleeding revenue amid coronavirus closures. Uh, So the article, I mean, obviously, everybody's lost money. The, the landscaping companies that were supposed to be working all month, they've lost money. Uh, the housing units that are on college campuses, they've lost money. Apartments around college campuses that depend on revenue all year, they've lost a lot of money. So there, there is this, there's a very large culture of making money on college campuses. Obviously. <laughs> um, you know, we pay thousands of dollars to go. We've got food, books parking passes, different activities, housing, you know, clothing, all all of the stuff that goes with human living is being sold to college students in these towns. And, and that was something that the article didn't even mention. Like these college towns that all of a sudden have no college kids there when they're supposed to have college kids are missing out on a lot of revenue. The universities themselves are missing out on a lot of revenue, which, you know, I don't care. Uh, the universities are a bunch of garbage institutions anyway, pushing leftist ideas. So they can lose a couple bucks. Maybe they'll get rid of their lesbian dance theory classes and you know focus on something that is actually worth their time and money. So I feel like this is something that I wanted to talk about because colleges have been so privileged in the sense that they can have whatever kind of stupid study they want and they're funded for it because all these college kids are paying real money to learn real topics and now the college can teach lesbian dance theory and I don't know, whatever whatever they're teaching. All those ridiculous things. And it really... It's a waste of our money. The people that are going to learn actual subjects, 
it's a waste of our money. It's a waste of it's especially a waste of the kids' money that are going to learn these things. Women and gender studies. Most of the psychology department could probably be cut too. I don't know. So, I guess that was that was really my whole point. Colleges are privileged. Wah, boo-hoo, poor me, moving on. So, we are going to call it for the show for today. I think I filled up at least a little bit of time. Hopefully gave you some information. Uh, So I am able to ramble all by myself. This is great. This is a great discovery. (laughs) Did you really not know that before? I was unsure about my ability to ramble. So now that I know I can ramble for at least 45 minutes minutes ish, give or take. We're going to have to cut some things out, but so great discovery by me. I'm awesome. So, thank you again so much for joining the Holmes Politicast, the only conservative news podcast dealing with Michigan politics. We appreciate you guys listening in. We've got the GoFundMe page up. So if you or anybody you know would like to help support the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Please remember to give us a rate, review us, subscribe, send us emails. We'd love to hear from you, our listeners. As always, guys, stay safe. With that coronavirus out there. I'm Thomas, and we will see you next week.